Welcome to the Education Innovators Podcast. I'm Eric Byron, and it's an honor to host this show where we get to hear from talented educators who are willing to share their stories of the incredible things they are doing in learning environments all over the world. Learning analytics really changed its landscape now. What kind of questions do people in our company ask, right? And what are the most important issues we want to focus now? And based on these data, let's develop a micro learning piece and push that out to people who need this kind of information. What I love about talking with Ivy is she challenges the way traditional corporate training is done and offers real solutions and practical approaches to deliver more effective training programs and content. Keep listening to hear lots of great ideas we shared about the future of corporate L&D. This is part two of my two-part conversation with Ivy Shee. I'm feeling like there's a bit of a catch-22 here, though, right? So you want to design effective training. So you go in, you've got these questions, they have these business objectives. So your very first point, right? How do you tie this training to a specific business outcome? So love that. Got to have that. It's got to be very practical, rooted in real business need, right? So you can measure the impact of the training later on the business, but but you got to go fast. So how do you develop really good training fast enough for it not to be obsolete by the time you're you're done, right? How do you achieve both of those things at the same time? Yeah, I love this question because I have so much to share about making it fast development. <laughs> and okay. all of these are because of these new AI technologies. So for example, in the past, I had to have a meeting with this trainer and I have to manually write down all the notes and then convert that into a course outline and then match that with different multimedia. So all this process is really heavy content. I'm digesting it all by myself. Mm. But now with these AI tools, for example, uh, I can just conduct this, you know, content analysis part with the trainer on Zoom. And then I have either, you know, like other AI like you use or Fireflies or even the Zoom AI summary is pretty good. So I use these tools to generate these uh, transcripts and then I can copy that and paste those into ChatGPT. And that's the tricky part because a lot of junior people, they don't know how to give the right prompt to get good learning uh, outcomes. So for example, I can say, hey, ChatGPT, please create learning objectives based on these or a create course outline. And then it'll give you things, for example, all the learning objectives start from I students need to understand, 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 but how to measure that, right? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So the, the thing, the key thing here is, you know, really use the learning science to back up these prompts engineer. So I say, okay, for example, I say use Bloom's taxonomy to create these learning objectives. Mm. So that's one part. And then once you got the content done, okay, how do we fast develop these contents, right? In the past, e-learning has this, 
you read text after text, or people just simply upload PowerPoints with voiceover. I've seen many, many companies doing yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and but you know, people have different learning styles, right? Some want to watch a video, some want to listen to a podcast, some want to they want to read. So really, now with the AI tools, if you're more like a visual person, we can use. Made journey, Dali, you know, Leonardo yep. to create images in different styles. Yep. And or if you want to use videos, then you can use Lumen Five, Synthesia, and even creating quizzes, you know, as assessments. Now you don't have to start from blank. You can use uh, Quiz Gecko, different tools to help you. At least you have something to review. Uh, review. So now I think the learning development time you can really have it by at least, uh, you know. Fifty percent, you can actually use that for other creative work. Yeah, I think another interesting efficiency you can get from tools like ChatGPT is that ability to say, "Give me a version that's geared towards a maybe less educated junior、oh, player."、Yeah. Right now, give me the one that's you know for the expert. They just need a quick refresher, or something has changed. You know, they know this. <laughs> this is. Just reminders, right?、Um, give me that version of it, so you can take the same base materials and say, "Give me two different versions of it," or maybe ones for、yeah. managers, right? Decision makers, ones for the worker guys. Absolutely, where we are going for. And、um, I recently talked with a friend over happy hour in Central, just about he was he has been developing this AI game, so. Based on your profile, like says you're onboarding an employee. Based on your profile, they're gonna have these characters and to talk to you, and in a way that it suits your personality or your knowledge level.、Mm-hmm. So exactly like what you're saying, and people are realizing these into realities. So I feel for companies, the key is you know to explore what solutions are available and really take a pilot project to try it out. Yeah. How much, Sean?、Um, speaking of that, you, you said the magic word for me, right? Games. How much gamified training are you seeing in、um, L and D? Your your clients are they interested in games or gamified、uh, training for for corporate L and D? Yeah. So there are some fake games. I think we all seen it. <laughs> Maybe you have. <laughs> Some game interface, but you click in it, it's still, you know, just reading, right? It's a、but、quiz. Seen, it's a quiz with、yeah. sound effects. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or little graphics that pop up, right? It's like, all right, you're not fooling anybody. It's still a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just regarding the example for sustainability with carbon neutral, all the companies really, you know,、yeah. need to take action. So we recently developed a game, and then around what individual can take as their personal action towards carbon neutral,、mm. and we used AI tools to help develop the storyline and also generating the images that actually suit with the whole game plot. So、right. I felt this whole new process of using AI can help me unleash my creativity. Because in the past, to create such a game, I might need, you know, a visual artist, or I need an animator. 
So it requires experts to produce these things. Now it's more like a DIY gig economy. I can use these tools to create something to fulfill my imagination and I can use it just, you know, pay as I subscribe to the app. So I really want to shout out to everybody, you know, just try out your imagination. You think of a robot in metallic dress, you can produce that in you, you know, runway gen one, gen two, and everything is possible now. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting much, much easier. So, you know, well, and we talked the other day too, right? Some of my experience and I, you know, created some learning games myself and I had to do it all myself, all of the design, the coding, the graphics, you know, I was in say, and cheap freebie tools. I didn't have any high-end stuff to work with. So, you know, I was drawing graphics in PowerPoint and creating PTs off of them. Literally, uh, that's how, you know, quite a bit of the visuals were created for the games. But now you can do so much more, so much faster. I felt kudos to you because you put so much effort in making these games when (laughs) it was more difficult to do any of these stuff. Yeah, well, I learned a lot. I learned a lot of coding too. I had to, I did all of the coding for the animation and uh, scripting. So, um, yeah, no, I I enjoyed the work, but it was a lot of work. It took a long time. And to that speed thing we were talking about earlier, that conundrum of, you know, I want to spend the time to get it right, but I need to move fast kind of thing, right? The tools are getting better and better. And so, well, that's another thing is, is just cost, right? Time is money. And the cost you were talking about, you know, sending stuff to New York, having video done and then editing it. And um, it's expensive. So when you can move faster and you can leverage these tools, it also becomes more feasible for companies to try more stuff. Um, in the game industry, we used to call it um, fail fast, fail cheap. Right. Yeah. So the idea is go in fearless and just try something. If it doesn't work, throw it away quickly before you've lost a lot of money, you know, trying to build it. So um, that's so much easier now to say, all right, we're going to go try these things. And in a month, I can know whether this is going to work or it's not and iterate really, really fast on the stuff that is working um, and just throw out the stuff that isn't. So, yes, it's a new world. And, uh, and I hope many companies <laughs> jump on the opportunity to develop more innovative, engaging uh, training programs uh, with folks. Uh, absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. And I want to mention a funny one for gamification. It's not just about turning the content or learning experience into a fun game. There are some other simple stuff. For example, just having a, a leaderboard to see how, who completed most of the training or who got the highest score. Uh-huh. And that one thing already satisfies people's, you know, need to be on top, you know, to yeah. be the first. And another thing is like, how can we tie up rewards into actual benefits? Let's say, let's say the HR person and saying, okay, if you complete all the modules and you got 90%, you know, for the score and above, then you can have coupons or you can have a paid holiday to Maldives. I'm pretty sure people would love to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought one of the, and this goes back so long ago now, it goes back more than 10 years ago, somebody doing a gamified 
like an idea box. So the idea was, or the concept there was, right, we want employees to submit ideas for things they think that could improve the work environment for themselves or yeah. for their coworkers or whatever, right? Just an idea box. Uh, many offices have had these things, right? Usually in my day, right, it was a physical box and you wouldn't put a piece of paper in there, you know, and somebody would come by and collect the pieces of paper and, and read them. But this one group, they gamified this with a whole kind of platform where you could go in and you submitted your idea and then you had to try to um, solicit supporters, right? So you would uh, so you would go and try and kind of socialize your idea and you could watch ideas kind of rising up the ranks in terms of kind of social influence there and who was kind of jumping on and saying, oh, yeah, I like your idea, right? And so your idea moves up a little bit, right? So the more people you could get to kind of say, yeah, I like that idea, the more you visually moved up on the board. But then there were actual rewards in there too, where if you made it to a certain level and they gave funding to it, right? You know, you got this badge and, you know, I think you actually got something physical that you got to put on your desk. Anyway, and then- um, you know, but it was, uh, but clearly the, the company was very, very successful in this uh, from say the old days that uh, people were like, ah, I put these ideas in and nothing ever happens to all of a sudden the visibility of what ideas and people could, Im- could offer improvements, right? So somebody could jump in and say, I like your idea, but I want to add, you know, this to it. Right. And so uh, they became a partner with your idea. So you both rose up on the board now because somebody contributed to your idea, right? Made it better. So um, it was quite interesting and, and very, very well done. And, uh, and I think you can do that in some of these learning things as well, right? Because learning a lot of times is peer to peer, right? So um, a platform where I can go out and, well, sometimes I have a solution. Right. I just solved the problem. Right. I couldn't find a document in the thing that told me how to solve this problem. So I have a solution and I can put it out there. Right. And then maybe somebody else jumps in and goes, Oh, that's a great, you know, way to solve this problem. And so you kind of play it out that way. Um, be interesting to see um, a system like that. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So that was right I, off the top I, of my head how you take that gamified thing and like- turn it into a learning peer to peer learning platform. Yeah. I like this point about social learning, especially for corporate training, because for adult learning, seeing somebody have done something successfully is the most powerful thing. And sometimes that has more effects or impacts than learning the theories from the PowerPoint somebody uploaded to the learning management system. And now, for example, instead of the top top down approach, you know, the learning development managers saying, I think people need to learn this. Now with these new tools, we can train the employees to just simply use one simple tool to quickly produce, you know, a learning material, a video, or a little, you know, visualized, very beautiful, you know, PowerPoints to explain what they have done very quickly and then have this platform just to share what they have achieved recently or what they found useful for their work. And I think that approach is more what we need to shift our ideas to now because the learning development team can never catch up with, you know, the latest challenge in business. There's always a lag 
we can reduce the lag between the problem and how to solve that. But having users to generate content and learn from each other is really offering this just-in-time learning for everybody. Yeah. We also think about like what LinkedIn is doing now. I keep getting these prompts from LinkedIn saying somebody posted a question that may be in your realm of expertise. And the more you actually participate in those things, the higher you rise up, I guess, in their like influencer um, or expert um, opinion ranking, right? Um, and I'm sure it influences how you appear in other, in their newsfeed or whatever, uh, depending on interests and their algorithms. But you could do that inside a company too and have a platform where somebody could post a question and other experts within the company, uh, again, and depending yeah. on your profile and how many of these you've responded to in the past, your rank yeah. goes up or down uh, depending on your contributions to answering other people's questions. Um, anyway. That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 That's another interesting way to do it. All right. What are some of the common mistakes organizations make when they try to roll out a new L&D initiative? Well, there are many. And don't name names, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just say we name three. <laughs> when is the company let's say they bought a bunch of courses and just expect people to take them. So I've seen companies who bought lots of videos and they're like, okay, so we put this much money in this once we will expect our leaders to go watch and now they become global leaders. I was always one of the weird ones who took those courses, by the way. I just want to say uh, when I was at EA, they bought the whole set of audio books for like, I don't know, a dozen or 20 different leadership books. And I listened to them in the car when I drove back and forth to work. Um, and at some point, somebody admitted I was like the only one who'd ever checked them out. <laughs> so you're the good leader. You're the good I was, student. I was interested in leadership. Yeah. So I listened to them all. I was like, oh, these are free. I just listened to them in the car while I'm stuck in traffic. And yeah, so I'm sure I benefited from it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, we would want everybody to be as motivated as someone like you and take these courses and you would reflect on them, right? And say, okay, you know, for my new managers, this, you know, uh, constructive feedback model I can use to coach them, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the first one is, okay, so you got the new initiative, but how do you motivate people to actually actively learn it? That's the first one. And um, there are many ways to resolve that. And the second one is thinking people are going to remember the training after it's done. And so a lot of training initiatives stop after the training live sessions are done. So, And, you know, we talk about the forgetting curves and everybody is busy with their work. So all they wanted to do is to how do I get back to work and catch up with all the workloads, you know, read 300 emails that I didn't get to read during these, you know, block out training time. Yep. So that was frustrating because people put in so much money that business wants to get things resolved. So that's number two. And number three is what I've seen is companies have lots of, 
compliance training or things you know you need to follow or basic theory things. But when it comes to actually how to do a job for a newcomer, they don't have this job or task related training, like just in time training for a new person to come in. So instead of there are two challenges here. When is this person had to spend a lot of time reading all these documents on SharePoints? And yes. <laughs> there's no good way Here's to navigate Here's a folder full of files. Go read them. You'll know everything you need to know to do this job. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've been in that one too. Yeah. Right. Uh, How does HR make it so interactive or easy to search, right? Even from that beginning point. Yeah. And second one is, the juniors or the newcomers, they want to ask questions, but who has time to answer them, right? And they could wait for an answer for half a day and the managers would come in and say, "What? why did you spend half a day doing nothing? Because they don't have this yeah. <laughs> necessary information to proceed. So that's also a misconception, just people will learn by themselves and then wasting all these really good time actually to get somebody from a newcomer to be an expert. So we can shorten this by a lot if we provide the right information for them and it's really specific to their jobs than other than, oh, I have to follow these company policies. Yeah. So reminded me of another kind of scenario there too. So you had mentioned earlier about um, personalized adaptive learning models. And this onboarding thing is one of the ones where I think of, you know, is the use case there. So let's just say I have a, um, a chat bot, an AI tutor, my buddy, right? Um, we used to have like at EA, when I got hired there, you got a buddy, right? So that, you know, who can I bother? Nobody wants to be bothered. Oh, the new guy's got a bunch of stupid questions again, right? So you were assigned a buddy and your buddy understood, yes, you have to answer all the stupid questions, <laughs> right? Because somebody's yeah. got to answer them. So you're the one guy <laughs> designated that they can bother. So they don't bother everybody on the team. They only bother you. And sometimes you hated to be the buddy. But what if we could replace that system with an AI bot, a personality and AI and avatar or whatever, right, that I could go to and ask my stupid questions of. And um, if it's adaptive to me, right, it knows what resources it's pointed me to before, what questions it's answered. So if I ask the same question again, it can kind of chide me and go, well, you know, you had this discussion before, you know, where did you go last time, right? So instead of just answering the question, it tries to get you to remember what you should already know because you asked this before, right? So, um, yeah. and the level. So, oh, you know, oh, you're asking me kind of a follow-on question to something you asked before, right? So it kind of reminds you, all right, so last time we talked about this, so now you're trying to do this, which is an extension of that. So it makes that connection for you because it knows we already had this other you know, opportunity to learn. Um, anyway, yeah. um, I, I love these I kind love of solutions. Yeah, we've got to see more of this. Yeah, so I love this idea. You know, at the end of the day, business want to make more money and how do they do that right yeah. they gotta reduce all these mundane or repetitive tasks and outsource that to let's say an ai chatbot yep 
somebody's got to teach the the chatbot how to answer those stupid questions. It's not simple, although with machine learning to some degree, the chatbot can get smarter and smarter. You keep feeding it documents that say, this is how you answer these questions. Um, here's the answers. So just in case anybody asks, um, you've got this this information. But, but yeah, the tech is there. I like this because learning analytics really changed its landscape now. What kind of questions do people in our company ask, right? And what are the most important issues we want to focus now? And based on these data, let's develop a micro learning piece and push that out to people who need this kind of information. So now it's more, I think now it's less about, okay, as a boss, I think you need to learn this and that, but more like, okay, these are all the questions our employees ask from the chatbot. And yeah. at the moment, we don't, it says, I don't understand this question <laughs> or uh, this is not supposed to be asked in this, you know, interface. So right. like learning development people can look at all of these and answer queries and say, okay, we can use a day or even a few hours to quickly develop like a video or a little piece so we can push out to these people who add these questions. So it's more dynamic development approach now. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. You get all kinds of data you can use when you do that because sometimes the chatbot's going to say, oh, you do this. And the person goes, that makes no sense. I don't get it. What, what do you mean? Yes, your instructional designer can be sitting behind the scenes, you know, <laughs> looking at that going, yeah. oh, okay. Apparently we didn't give it a good answer to that question. How do we get that better? Because um, yes, the chatbot's response wasn't helpful. Um, so yes, cool. Yes, so it's all about role, learning. Yes. So the role really evolved now with new technologies. So before it's like I was hired for three months to develop this, but now it's more like okay, the companies need to revamp their training program to actually solve the need or problem people are having now. So how do we gather information and quickly develop something that people can use, you know, at the frontier? Cool. All right. Well, we are, it's a, uh, an hour now. So I want to give you the opportunity to share whatever you wanted to share that I haven't asked about that you think is important and keeping our audience in mind, right? So these are educators and, um, and trainers and ed tech companies out there. What do they need to know about instructional design that they don't know, or we haven't talked about yet? Yeah. So we talk about all these excitements about using new technologies, but I just want to warn everybody that there is a learning curve. So from the idea of we have this problem that solve it to, you know, exploring what are the solution out there and have a pilot project and implementing it, roll it out throughout the whole company. It takes some time and it needs perseverance. I can give you one example. I was helping with a conference using an AI tool to generate some of the videos. And traditionally, it might take two days. But with the AI tool, I thought, okay, it might be much faster. But just to figure out how to use that tool to get exactly what I wanted, it took us, you know, as actually eight hours through five iterations with a brand guideline and understanding the limitations mm -hmm. to produce 
a two minute video. And you might think, okay, there are a lot of work and I have to adapt to this new learning way. I have to learn how to use these tools. But after the first learning curve, we were able to produce a second video using a similar template under half an hour. So I'm excited for the potential outcome, but the learning development team or instructional designers really we need to keep updated to the latest technologies and navigate through to a point that this actually serves the purpose of achieving the business outcome being cost effective. And just keeping that in mind that, you know, sometimes the AI, they don't listen to you. You might have a prompt saying, I want this and they'll generate something totally different. So like prompts engineering is also quite important. And um, we have done research on these different AI tools in the last six months. And we published these real useful AI toolkits in our website, learnmonate.com. If anyone wants to know, you know, the upcoming latest AI technologies, feel free to subscribe to us. And I hope instead of being scared, oh, AI is gonna take our jobs, I think it's people who know how to use AI and have use cases may replace other people who spend more time, you know, watching YouTube or Netflix. And so let's all get ourselves upskilled with these new technologies and think how that could solve our problems and looking at our job in a way that it keeps on evolving. Awesome. No, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that you know, I want to remind everybody that these tools are, they're useful as tools, but they don't replace the human mind and the creativity and the um, social aspects, the empathy we can have uh, when we design programs and training. Yes, we understand much more the why, uh, you know, the, the tools yeah. can do kind of the what, but they don't understand the why. Uh, so much. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And they, and they clearly don't yeah. understand fun and, you know, how to be, you know, energetic. So, you know, yeah. it's still some, I, we just have to do ourselves and, and get that yeah. energy in there. Um, we still need people like you, Ivy, uh, designing these programs and encouraging the, the human element <laughs> to still be in the training. So yeah. awesome. I, I like that. Because you can see, like, if you feed data to AI, you say one plus one equals two, or you say one plus one equals six, they will think they're all correct. So it's really up to human being to evaluate what's right, what's wrong. So critical thinking is super important in this AI era. IBC and her team at LearnMonade are taking corporate learning and development into the future. Leveraging AI and a fearless spirit of innovation, Ivy is figuring out how to deliver relevant, personalized micro lessons at scale and within budget. And she's having fun doing it. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and share. We've got John He, an XR and VR developer and educator in digital media on tap. And I'm going to grill Edmund Lim, who spent 20 years with the Ministry of Education in Singapore, about how Singapore's been so successful with their public education programs. 
you don't want to miss those episodes. Please reach out if you have comments or suggestions. I'm Eric Byron. Thanks to all those education innovators out there, you are making a difference.